What's good is Doug Moore's message to the world, straight from Paris. Tap in. Zeno Records. <laughs> you see the stars in the rain for make your galley misbehave. It's the way we like yeah. I was in the trenches with my dogs. Now with them niggas in charge. Of a fuck, I was on my way to school, found a nine bar, but I was only like 10 years old. God knows what I was thinking. I stashed it and didn't tell a soul. Uh, after school, I'm hanging out on the street. Them times, pocket money, two pounds for some sweets. I ain't care about money, fam. I live right next to Peas Block, and everyone knows that was the local weed spot. Customers outside, fuck it, I'll approach them. I got what you need, fam. He said, You must be joking, you're a kid. Then I sold him an eight for a ten. That day, I hit most of cells that came to the end. Zeno's little brother, so the block already knows me. Walking with my mom, got shots trying to approach me. Finished the pack, made my first rack Told all the customers it's a one I found track See the stars in the rain for make your galley misbehave It's the way we like yeah. I was in the trenches with my dogs Now with them niggas in charge Wait, this is during orientation week? Yeah, like, you yeah. know, in the summer when they when you go up and shit early like you just like see the campus and all that before like the school year start like a month later or whatever so he said i bumped him on, on, on campus and then like i just kept moving and i'm like bro i don't remember walking inside <laughs> but you you clearly remember that as like a defining yeah bro because i was like you remember that i thought this was gonna be college i was like oh man <laughs> oh man <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the first idea that came. And did you chase after him and, and say, "Hey, sir, nah, you, nah, you nah, bumped nah, me." Nah. You just kept the head down and just kept walking. Yeah, I just kept walking, kept going about my day. I took it on the chin. Uh huh. Nah, and then you guys ended up living dude. on the same floor. Now nah, we was right next door to each other. So my boy Andy, he lived next door. Eric and them lived together basically, but Eric, like for some reason, didn't move in right away, like the first day. And I knew Andy already because I met him. At, I actually met Andy at orientation, so it was mad funny when he was next door to me because i was like i was like oh this is a homie like he cool and i really wasn't like fucking with like my roommate who i like wasn't really feeling at the time because i was like i don't really know him that well but i knew andy so when i peeped that like his roommate never came i was like oh where am i just gonna live with him then but then eric showed up the next day yeah i showed up the next day with like half my family bro my mom my grandma two of my aunts my brother my cousin very hispanic bro we went we went all out when they dropped me off oh you gotta have that that's a must yeah 100 percent, dude and it makes unpacking and everything way easier, too, because it's all hands on deck. Oh, bro, it wasn't even for that. It was for emotional support, dude. <laughs> dude this place, my grandma had to give the blessing when she mm-hmm. met Andy the whole nine. She was like, I don't know if you could live with this guy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you could live that's with this guy. guy. See, that's interesting because I always forget that um, when people go away for college, that's legit sometimes the first time that they're away from home. Because I'm coming from a boarding school experience, it felt like, all right, this is just another walk in the park. Yeah, that's the norm for you, bro. <laughs> that's, that's honestly... Any, anything else is probably weird for you at that point because going away was different. Wait, how old were you when you went away? 14. Uh, 13, 13 or 14. I forgot which one I, oh, when wow. the birthday was. Yeah. So that was essentially just like, it was just college without, I mean, with just more supervision. So it's always, it's always just interesting just figuring out how people end up making friends on campus or just that initial first week because it could be awkward at times. But once you know that everyone is going through that same sense of awkwardness and that, Everyone seems confused. No one really knows what they're doing. 
that sense of unknown or that chaos is you learn a lot about yourself then. Oh, hundred percent, dude. I remember the first month I was probably going home like every other weekend. By like month two, I was going home like during break because I was just hanging out all the time. So it, it does change like immediately once you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I probably went home like I ain't go home a lot actually, but I was too busy working. Yeah, you started working early. I started working at Starbucks like on my birthday day that when the semester started. So shit was crazy. So you were doing class and and work at the same time. That's basically college for me, bro. It was always class and work. How were you able to manage that? I don't know. It was either at work or I'd be broke. <laughs> my mom wasn't sending bread like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. She helped me down with like certain bills here and there. But like for the most part, like I started working when I was 16. And Eric started working when he was like 14, I think. 15, 15. Oh, 15. Yeah. So I was a waiter. Like, you know Grand Prospect Hall, right, Eric? I guess which Eric are you talking to? I guess this is e, probably a good e, my bad, my yeah. bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> e, yo, <But> e. before, <laughs> before we get the conversation going, just so we don't confuse the listeners, um, let's definitely do some introductions. Welcome back, everyone, to You Free. This is E, aka Eric, whatever you guys want to call me. You already know the voice right now. Who am I speaking with tonight? Bye, you go ahead. <laughs> All right, you're speaking with Eric. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Corey. It's good, man. Thanks for having us on. No, for sure. There's no you guys don't have any nicknames or anything? I mean, I'm yeah, not for the most part we just say Rick. Rick for you. How about you, Corey? No, let's not do that. I don't feel like going by Croc right now. <laughs> Croc? Why wait, where did that nickname come from? Now I'm curious because I see it all over the gram. It was regular stuff, bro. Like back in the day, you know how everybody used to have like C Rock or like E Rock or like B like things like that with the dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like you'd be like a your initial and then dash and rock or whatever. Like it used to be like a common thing. But like I think it was like ninth grade, something like that. My man's got a three sixty and he was playing Gears of War online. So I would like he like let me create my own game attack one time and play. And so when I made my joint, because you couldn't make a dash in like the Xbox Live like name joint, it would say Croc the Hoodstar instead of C Rock the Hoodstar. So one day I was playing online and they was all there so they could hear like the audio and I was trash at Gears of War. So like some mm-hmm. dude from like this dude from like Australia was like talking shit to me but he was saying my username but because there was no dash he was like croc croc the hood star like it was just mad funny so like, <laughs> and they, they just like kept on calling me croc after that because they just found that shit mad funny so then you guys went to the same college and just kept that friendship to this day yeah, yeah so I mean, we met uh, friendship stuck from there we kind of just been close to the whole nine since then also the funniest thing about the two of us is that our birthdays are the day after each other so i'm like oh i'm only a day older than him yeah literally born same year same month, the whole night, just a day apart. Oh, so that's why when he bumped you, you felt away. Because it was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, not zodiac signs. I hate zodiac stuff. Uh, <laughs> why? You don't? You don't? You're not a fan of the astrology? I just don't. I just think people like make it fit there has into to be how they want to. Nah, man, I'd be lying sometimes to people, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, like you definitely like a Taurus." I can see it. I'm like, yeah. Matoris, all right. Yep. <laughs> Matoris. I don't know. I just feel like it belittles like everything that like people go through in life to just define your personality on a bucket of like when you were born. I'm like this whole moon thing. Like people are shaped by like their life experiences like all the time. So it's like, just like wind down to just like I just so happen to be born on this day at this time. So that's why I am the way I am is like crazy to me. I'm like, damn, put some more stock in like what you've been through in life. How about you, Eric? To be honest, I've only ever really heard that the kind of stuff of like astrology and all that things. Actually, I, you know what? Let me take that back. I actually did hear that growing up a lot because there was this guy on uh, Channel 41 Univision who used to do astrology. He was all decked out like Liberace and people like 
in our community held on to like everything he said. I forget his name is like Walt- Walter uh, Mercado or something like that. And when you say my community, how are you defining my community? Oh, the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. It was the thing. Everybody every Saturday used to watch this show, Sabado Gigante. And then this guy would come on in the middle of the show and give his horoscopes. And it was like a whole movie the way he would do it. It was like a crazy act. And people would believe everything he said. It was pretty wild. So you grew up with that um, as an everyday. Yeah, but I never took it too serious. I kind of just took it more for like a, a show or just like some like some people, sometimes people just want to hear, I feel like, something affirming, something positive just to kind of keep them going. I'm sure they need it more times than not. Yeah, it's just pros and it's cons. Like I can see how it helps people, but it's like some, sometimes people use it for like the worst things. Like yeah, it's, exactly. it's like give your like bad, not bad traits per se, but like everybody has bad characteristics or even faults. Of course, like of course. Isn't it to like give that stuff like a reason? It's like crazy, bro. Like you could just work on yourself. Like everybody's working on themselves, especially during this time. Like that's, it's no longer an excuse. Like if you know your stuff is toxic behavior, you can't just like be like, oh, well, you know, I am a tourist. Like that's, that's just how I am. Like, nah, you got to work at that. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But I feel like everybody's more times toxic. than not, here at the moment too. Like with kind of with dating guys and stuff, like they won't date certain types because of their Libra signs, which I think is kind of hilarious. But that I guess goes to what you're saying, Corey, where they kind of use that for as like a, a Bible for them. Yeah, a crutch, a Bible or something. But no, no, people are people. No, I, I can I can see where you guys are coming from. I feel like there's definitely some truth in in it because we are all made up of a majority of water. If we look at just the position of the planets and gravitational pulls, so on and so forth, I feel like there. I don't know. I feel like there is something. Some elements of truth to it, but like like you said before, people always want something to believe in, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that's anything different than characters that we see in movies. You know what I mean? Or lessons that we learn from from fictional characters. I I know that you guys are both moviegoers and have just a liking for whether it's like Marvel characters or fictional characters. Just even assessing and thinking about those individuals and utilizing sort of their characteristics. And traits to help you become a better person. So I, I feel like there's there's different ways that in which we can look or understand the abstract. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But I guess it's more of a sense of like distinguishing like what's fiction and what's nonfiction. And I feel like sometimes with the zodiac sign, it gets blurred because it's like people try to create a lot of those things as facts, and it's like no, it's not. I'm not that way because it's not a fact that I'm this way because of when i was born it's just like i just so happen to have this bad thing that happened to me back in the day so that's why i'm like this now gotcha so it's a storytelling element the story doesn't cut it for you yeah it's just that sometimes you know like people like this oh i know why yo you're a libra you must be selfish oh you are so indecisive i'm like in my brain i'm like i'm one of the most decisive people i know that's like some trump shit but i'm the most least racist person in this room but like i i definitely feel like i'm a very decisive person but i feel like i hear that libras are indecisive i definitely fall into that category for sure in what category? Uh, just being indecisive. That's a big problem of mine that I'm trying to work on. I feel like I always try to, I think too much about both sides more times than not, instead of just reacting, which I probably should do. No, that's healthy though. It is. I mean, the indecisiveness just comes down to you probably just wanted to make the right choice. So you're more analytical in that sense. Yeah, I'd say that. But you know what? I'd also maybe use that as an excuse maybe to, of maybe like a fear of failing. That's why you probably hold off. That's why another reason why I'm indecisive, instead of just taking that jump. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is you're looking at, if it's a new job, whatever the case may be. That makes sense. Yeah, I be making decisions all the time. You know, I have no problems. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to just do this. Live with the repercussions. <laughs> Word. No, nah, I mean, you know, I always wait them out. I always, I'm mad analytical with that. But like, I'm still like, I, sometimes I just feel like I'm like, yo, let me just make this decision. Because like, putting it off is just like, not worth it. Let me just like get this done. I don't like to wait. I like to just get things done. No, there's definitely value in making decisions. I was talking to... um 
my friend Azem earlier today, and we were discussing the fact that sometimes just going through the motions in order to go through the motions leave you motionless. So that's why it's just like, at times when you have to make that decision, make the decision because then you can get into that. Like you were saying before, Eric, just like if you're thinking about failure too much, not taking any step, it's like if you don't, if you don't, like you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? Exactly. What have you been doing to sort of work on that sense of um, decision making? And since you and Corey are friends and since you live in the same building, I mean, I, I probably, I don't know if I should have thrown that out there, but, um, nah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> you know, people just, Eric, Eric right. lives on the first floor. I live Not on the come on, don't know. Come on, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> <Apartment> <laughs> number. Said, His zip is, code is one zero zero D. That is one zero zero D's. If you like his address, ladies, hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you left it. You left that. You, you flipped it at the end. See, Eric. I, see, bachelor, num- bachelor number three. Time. Bachelor number three, guys. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's like, funny. What do, you, what do you think you guys have since... been learning? <laughs> Let me stop. Well, Eric, he's talking about you. I don't really like walking anywhere. He's probably not talking about me. I, I, I rather, I rather catch the Uber or ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> You guys being friends this long, like what? What do you think you guys have learned the most from each other? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll go throw Corey a compliment. When I moved mm-hmm. here, I was like kind of just going through a, a change, so I was trying to just work on myself to try to work on my issues and stuff. And he's been kind of one of it being like even just like working out or kind of just when I moved into this new place, just setting it up. And he's the type of friend that is 100 percent down to help out. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem for him. I want to be the best in you. So. We've been going to the gym together. It's, it's it's crazy. It's literally like living in college again. Almost like having a roommate, but not because we have our own space. Mm-hmm. So whenever it is that I want to work on with myself, if I'm asking for his help, he's always down to, you know, let, lend a hand and help out as he can. So I, I'd say that's probably like one of his best traits. I'm trying to be nicer to people because of him because he right, thinks yeah. I'm nice. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm too analytical and too like stern on like my the things I say. So he somewhat tries to force me to be like. No, you gotta say a little bit nicer, man. Like you know, everybody just can't hear it so stern all the time. I'm like, ah, I guess. Mm. I heard you mention that you're analytical a lot. Where where did that come from? I made too many fuck ups, so I had to learn how to be critical. <laughs> mm-hmm. You fucked up, up early. <laughs> a lot of messages so make it early at a young age. Any stories? NSFW. Like what? Was, like what was the, Like what was a pivotal moment? Because I feel like as we're growing older, there's always that moment that whenever we feel like we hit rock bottom in order to just have that awakening or that call where we just feel like, all right, I, I have Eric, to turn Eric, yo, so Rick knows, but like, I don't know. If I, <laughs> I can just say the, the analyticalness for the most part in the most simplest version, because there's other stuff that's deeper to it that I like, I was like, ah, I shouldn't talk about all that. But early stuff is definitely like growing up where I grew up to like kind of make the decision of like what I should and shouldn't be doing, like growing up like in Crown Heights and shit like that. And, I didn't grow up the most gangster person in the world. I just so happened like to live around a lot of people who like lived a crazy life and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And those are my friends. Those are some of my closest friends. So like that, and they're still my brothers to this day. But like kind of making those decisions of like, I right, what I should and shouldn't be doing and what things weighing out the good and the bad of like what's worth it at a young age to like kind of even get myself to even go away to college. Cause like, I wasn't even thinking about college at, at one point. Cause I was dead ass thinking about just like being in these streets. But then after a while, kind of like got my shit together and figure out like nah like let me not do this like this is not best for me and all that stuff like that so it's kind of making those decisions early going against the grain of everybody that grew up around me and when going against the grain and you said that they're still your brothers to this day was there any kind of resentment on either end when you decided to sort of have that wake up and do things a little bit differently nah rick has been around them like a couple of times like he knows that those are still 
they they I, they they hold it down for me. Like my that's mom, beautiful. my mom still live over there. Like that's like family for them. So like it's a, it was a tight relationship, bro. Like so like it it wasn't like a yeah we all do different things and I'm doing different things in my life. But like those are still like my brothers. Like I grew up there forever. Like when I see them or when we have conversations. It's like we talk about anime. We talk about childish shit that like the average person don't get to talk about with each other. Like we can kind of be like the regular, like you know, our, ourselves like we were all the way growing up. But like we just do different things now. So it's like obviously like don't be around each other all the time. Yeah. Whenever he sees his friends, when we go to see his mom or just go around his old area, kind of just I could tell it's kind of like him going back to his childhood when he talks with them. That's love. Yeah, I remember Corey. Anytime you and I would have conversations, um, you would always just let me know, like, "Hey, things like life is good. Like things things could be worse. So I'm gonna just take advantage of um, the situations that are right in front of me." That's definitely something I learned from you, bro. We are blessed. All of us are blessed, bro. Like we we even like if we're not where we want to be right now, like we still got time to get there. Do you guys ever feel like um, things aren't happening fast enough? More times than that, that's on us, though. I feel like if we're not putting the work in. Plus, like, sometimes, like, a lot of us create this internal time clock where things should be at a certain age and, like, right now and stuff like that. But, like, I think about, like, how we're doing relative to, like, our – but it sucks because a lot of people consider just hating or you shouldn't compare your success to others. But think about relative to, like, where you could have been, like, had you not made certain decisions. Like, you probably could have been in the worst position. I don't know. Me and Eric could still be working at, like, J. Crew and Target. Yeah, I'd still be doing retail if we didn't push ourselves to get out of that kind of – situation which obviously if you have to be in that situation you know more power to you because it's definitely tough but we kind of just sucked it up and pushed through on our own way we got lucky for sure with some opportunities though mm-hmm. so started in retail and what are you guys up to now um so i work in the finance department kind of the the back end side kind of a mixture of a, a bunch of things but um yeah i've been working there for close to three years now so it's been pretty good get your money <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. He's, he's doing lines of cocaine in the bathroom. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yo, comedy style. He said comedy style. And do you feel like now working? I guess if if you have come from a retail background, what was that transition into the corporate life like? Um, for me, honestly, it the best part about retail is working at retails. You kind of had to learn how to talk with people, even if it's small talk. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like in the corporate life, more times than not, that's kind of the main thing. Because you can learn whatever they're trying to teach you, whatever the processes is and stuff like that. But if they don't like you or if they feel like they can't hang out with you for eight hours, I kind of think that's a bigger thing. So I think having that retail background and ha- being able to make conversations with people and try to find connections helps me out a lot in my job. You was a film studies major, so you were like, you were like all the way to the left of what you wanted to do. Yeah, I know, man, but that's because of my, you know what, and that's another thing, too, that goes back to me being indecisive. If I was more decisive about it in college and probably did the internships and everything there instead of trying to do it after I graduated, I felt like I would have been in a better position to work into that stuff, but it's it's tough, man, because once you once I graduated and I was trying to look into, like, film internships and stuff, to even get into, the, like, to the most basic ones, you need to have about five references at that point. So unless you started early on, you're kind of screwed, if you know what I mean. And when you, like, let me just, mm-hmm, no, you got it. No, I was saying I decided let me just make money and try to, you know, get myself in a position where I could kind of save and, and be able to own something when I'm older, if anything. And when you say film studies, what exactly does that entail? Film studies for me, like I, growing up, man, movies was like my safe haven. Getting away from things, you know, going to movies probably every weekend, too, especially whether it was with my father, or with my brother or just with friends. Movies are always like kind of a, a thing for me. So when I went to college, I studied it, just kind of the history of it, different aspects of it, watched different types, genres of film that I probably wouldn't have watched on my own 
and kind of just learning the ins and outs. But my another thing that I had because of me being indecisive, I really didn't know which field I wanted to get into. But I just knew I kind of just loved everything about it. If I had to put my finger on it now, if I had a choice, it'd definitely be into the production aspect because I realized that I do kind of like the stories of how things are made and the, the hurdles that they have to climb and, and go through just to get the film right. So I, I probably would have done that. But film study. So, yeah, I just kind of just did a history of film when I was in college and studied the whole, the whole thing. So you said that you like essentially just like connecting the dots, um, putting the pieces together that makes a great film. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's kind of like the best part because let's say you have a great script, but now you have to try to get the money together to get the production and everything going, to try to get the locations, get the right people get the right costumes, get the right sets. It's, I feel like that whole process is probably, I mean, I can't imagine how stressful it is, but I feel like that satisfaction of getting it done and seeing the final product must be like euphoria or something. So I always thought that aspect of film was really dope. Yeah, you definitely care more about the creative shit. Yeah. You're not, you're not business minded with it, but now you work in finance. <laughs> no, 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 no. I also do feel like with services like YouTube, anyone could be an independent film creator. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that, that option, I don't think that that's completely out of the realm of what you can currently do now because we still all have access to being able to put our things online for people to then critique. And I know there's always people that want that want to work, want to want to write, want to act in front of something. Have you ever thought about, or are you currently working on any projects? You know, so that's another thing too. With this quarantine kind of just being stuck and I kind of just realizing some things on the relationships I had, it kind of just, I decided to write and try to see if I could come up with some stories. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to do that. been trying to, what I've basically been doing is kind of just write down memories that I've had that maybe I feel like have affected me and then try to see if I can link that together. So I am kind of just working on like one or two stories, but I think just the process of even just writing and just kind of just getting your feelings out there is, has been pretty, pretty good so far. So that's pretty much what I'm about to, nothing, nothing too concrete, just kind of just flowing ideas around and seeing if I could find anything that would stick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find bro. You just gotta work at it. Like you just like actually focus on it. That's the thing, man. Having the time and energy, bro. It takes, especially like work after working a long day, dude, and just to come home. Sometimes you just kind of want to forget and decompress. But I gotta push through and just kind of put the focus back on it. Just turn into a form of decompression, if anything. Yeah, exactly. You can flip it into that way as a way you decompress. Might get your best shit from out of there. Shit that you would say when you're vulnerable instead of like you overthinking it. Exactly. That's fair point. Yeah, I think that's half the battle, just just starting sometimes, you know, because I feel like going back to the whole element of overthinking or being indecisive, I know that even when um, Azim and I, when we first started this journey of you free, there was that paralysis where we were just thinking about every single decision or every single possibility in which we could have went about it, but nothing actually came to fruition until we pressed record, you know, and it did feel like at times um, before we started it, it was like, since we were going back and forth of thinking like, okay, we're going to have enough time for this. Okay, well, now there's just a, a long day at work. I, I really don't feel like I have the energy or even the thought power to even create good conversation or create some good content. We realized that as soon as we just pressed record, we just let the legit, the everything else just worked out for itself. And then now this became a form of um, decompression and it became a form of, I mean, it, it's fun to do this whenever you are able to just, just create at your will. Because IP is the most important thing we can have, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's even probably helping like during the quarantine shit, honestly. Like, you're getting to have conversations with people for like 30 to 40 minutes at a time, maybe an hour, that you probably haven't spoken to or seen in a while long just because of everybody being like distant and stuff because of this. So, it probably helps there for you in a mental state, how to catch up with people and also like <laughs> creating content from that. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely nice. Uh, I mean, not quarantine, of course, but just utilizing as, um, as also a vehicle to tap back in 
with people I may have lost or we have lost um, connection with. Because people are always just doing some, just doing cool things. I feel like far too often we look at the nine to five jobs or the nine to five world to really define who we are. Mm. I am ad sales. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it's I guess it's different, but. For you, I would assume that you you still love the ability. Like sales is probably just your passion at that point. Then too, right? If you have been yeah, working I call, at, I don't know if I call it a passion. It's just like I just so happen to. I don't know. I'm very, very. I'm not a hard person to please when it comes to stuff because like he was doing film stuff and like I was trying to do music stuff in college. Like I was the arts management major, so I interned. I started interning at Def Jam my senior year and like getting that internship. I had to bust my ass. I was basically harassing the VP of A and R. Because he did a presentation once at purchase, and then like I just had to keep hounding him, like emailing him, begging him to be my intern, Persistence, yep. begging him to like let me be his intern and stuff. And then eventually, he like held it down. I was able to get like college credit for it um, twice. Like I was able to finesse it, and I was supposed to just do it for one semester. But like me and him and his uh, basically the manager in our department, who was like his counterpart, who was under him, we all had a great relationship. So I got to do it for the whole year. So I was like really trying to work in the music industry. But then that like the music industry is like hard with like getting jobs and stuff like that. So it was like I did some temp work um, at Decca Records and that didn't really work out great. But the whole time I still kept my same job that I had at college. So I like, always had my job mm-hmm. at Target while interning, while being at school. And then even after I graduated school, I still did those three things. So but that didn't work out too well. But then my man's Harry. Um, he got a job at Viacom for ad sales and dark response. And I was just like, I don't know what direct response is. But he said it was at MTV, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, I wanted to work in the industry. He works at MTV, mm-hmm. but it can't be that far apart. And I started doing it, and I was like, okay, this is something completely different than what I was thinking, but whatever. I'm making money. I'm happy. Like, I'm going to start saving up to move out of my mom's crib. And eventually, I was just like, okay, cool. Once I saw the amount of money that could be made in it, like, I was just kind of like, right, I don't think I'm going to just ride out with this because, like, I'm also not trying to be broke. Yeah, that's another thing. You got to pay your dues for any type of industry that's art and art type of industry. I feel like that means like years of kind of not really making much. And I think a lot of us these days can't afford to do that at this point from how we grew up. So I think that's why we probably settle a lot more for corporate jobs and nine to fives the whole time. Yeah, it depends on like that backbone you have. Like for me, yeah. it's like I think I've had this conversation with Eric before. Like, do you have a home base? Not everybody has a home base where like they can kind of, you know, have room enough to make certain mistakes Yeah. Um, to then be like, well, at least my parents got me. And, you know, a lot of minorities don't have that blessing either. Like, a lot of us got to kind of, like, in this generation, this day and age, like, after our parents are figuring it out, like, on our own and don't have the luxury to, like, kind of, like, fuck up without, like, he, without also creating a detriment to, like, our parents or our moms or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like fight or flight. So, essentially, it's like you get into survival mode where it's like, all right, I kind of have to put my passions aside in order to essentially just secure the bag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, doing the place where, like, create, like, I guess, like, for us, whenever, we, if we ever, or whenever we have children, like, hopefully my, my kids can, like, do that. Like, hopefully I'm in a good enough space where my kids feel comfortable to do that. Exactly. But they can work on their passions instead of just kind of feeling like they got to work to make the money at this point. Or, but you ain't going to be living rent free forever if I'm out of here. Hell no. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> if you can buy alcohol, you go pay rent. I'm trying to claim things I haven't earned honest, man. Snick raking out gases on this jam. What kid diamond on a two-two grand? Trying to help raise our youth to man. Skip the ruler, Rick. His face to slam. Help clean up this land. The reputation of this man. With Holland, with Stan. Outcast and
like the answer is in it Hun, you need to get your ass on the dance floor this minute We bruised up, knock you out, shoe socks Show your ass move, you forgot what mad smooth snugs mm? We like to party, don't make me get money And platinumize my body We're bright stuff, known to earn a dice Love blind folks, but like somebody turn the lights off Immense strength popping out of muffin Make famous artists that's dead hop out of coffin Had the real estate behaving type choosy Want a palace, make the shit beige and like blue, please Got the kid like watch your manners Since I came out of jail it's like the planet gone bananas Like the strength a batter fella had Lady looking at me all stink I had to tell her that But trying to claim things I haven't earned honest man Snake raking out gases on this jam What kid diamond on a two two grand uh. Trying to help raise our youth to man Skip the ruler rig his face to slam Help clean up this land The reputation of this man I went from players ball to bulldog, from bulldog to bowhog, and I bowhog and a pimp walking and strictly stressing street talking. And we all ass like that, dad. Going them all up like cat hair. We never fall off like hat wear with some of the dopest MPs out there. Now eat that. I'm casting Ricky D. Bitch, can you beat that? Remember the time I laid them down? A teenage love, I see that just a sport of rhyming, breaking new patterns like hymen. Chucking and jiving was never the style. I'm gonna keep on being a slime, spitting that king shit. Too clean shit, I tailor and a seamstress. Blue gators for you haters and the penis is for you beaches like an addiction, cause I need it. Hip hop is that I feed it like a junkie, show me your monkey, cause I show them like to beat it. Might just eat it just to skeet it, fold you up like you was pleated Like some slacks and relaxing, be strolling like some captain See, I got a baby daughter and I feed her with this rapping Not trapping, D-boy, with rapping, huh? I'm trying to claim things I haven't earned honest, man Snake raking out gases on this jam What kid diamond on a two-two grand? Trying to help raise our youth to man Skip the ruler, rig his face to slam Help clean up this land The reputation of this man With whole and with stand Seems everybody's open off the grammar The white fox, pink velvet suit, white Havana Listen baby girl, genius Victor Dreamboat, miss you should have been click picture Check her out I don't know what you're trying to figure out Down south, barbecue ribs, fly out a nigga mouth And touching me the chosen You're such a well-opposing Me and big boy trying to get